Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special streaming in place. Uh, there's going to be a couple of those this week, but this one's a very special streaming in place because it is our 100th episode streaming in place. Wow. <laughs> I love how Latoya's like, wow. <laughs> and Noel and especially Elsie are like, oh, dear God, we've been doing this for 100 episodes already. Yeah. Well, and and then we don't do it on weekends. Yeah. And also we skipped a day. Yes. So like, oh my God. I can't wait to ring in the new year with you guys. Yay. (laughs) And Valentine's Day. And President's Day. I love you all. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's not a us thing. That's a the world thing. So But yeah, you know there are worse there are worse people we could be spending a hundred days t- chatting uh, with and shows that we could be talking about. So today we're talking about Lucifer season four, episode four, all about Eve. And uh, after that, <laughs> yes, exactly. After that reaction yesterday, I have to throw it to you first, Allison. Uh, for me, I found I was actually a little underwhelmed by this episode. It didn't live up to my memory of it. I'm curious what you thought of our first like full on episode with Eve. Well, I was also a little underwhelmed by it. And it's not just because we didn't get frequent jokes about one of the greatest movies of all time, um, which feels like real missed opportunity. Um, I am just not sure about any of it. Um, I, you know, I, I, I do think as we were talking about yesterday, I think this is another case of the week that sort of sewn in um, really nicely and sort of speaks to what's going on um, in a way that's like a little meta and jokey, but not so um, hit you over the head obvious. Um, that said, I remember thinking that and cannot remember what the case is. Oh, wait, the necklace. Okay. Yes, the necklace. Um, so obviously it's not that memorable. Uh, so that is one. Two. Um, I really like the change in dynamic and I really like Eve as a character. She's really fun to watch, um, but it is a little overly tropey in a way that I don't totally trust. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I certainly, I don't want to pick it apart by any stretch. I don't think it's a, a bad episode, but I was hyped and I am now less hyped. Okay. Noel, what about you? Sort of in the same boat. Um, I think that the episode itself is pretty fine. Like Allison, I really enjoyed the dynamic shifts. Um, I got very angry at Chloe for calling Lucifer's favor with um, what's his name. Uh, I was just like, no, don't do that. Lucifer's going to be very upset. I like um, that Lucifer wasn't, though. He was like, yeah. ah, that was a good idea. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. Game, game recognizes game, I guess. Absolutely. Um, but like with Allison, I also don't trust a lot of the Eve stuff um, that is given to us by Eve. Um, so I just have like lots of logistical questions about, wait, you came back from the Silver City. Shouldn't you be in someone else's body? But you were entombed. Was it your tomb? I just have a lot of questions um, that I'm sure will eventually be answered in some form, shape, or at some point. So I think the episode's fine, um, but it's very much a transition-y episode in a lot of ways of establishing Eve and reestablishing Chloe and Lucifer dynamics for 
what we're about to start to enter the second half of the season, which is a weird thing to say because we have episode four tomorrow. So I'm just like, oh, we're almost halfway through the season. Oh, that's a weird sensation after season three. Um, But mostly, 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 the only thing that might take away from this episode is that's a lot of bubble wrap. <laughs> a lot of bubble wrap. Yes, we finally have our new location teased by Latoya. We now have seen what Dr. Linda's place looks like. And it's ginormous for one person. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful home. One tiny person. Yeah, one <laughs> very tiny person. She, I mean, like... Obviously, she never got the TV show that we saw in that alternate reality, but obviously Linda is making bank, and I yes. am very happy for her. I hope Lucifer is massively overpaying her, because actually that's a misnomer, because whatever he's paying her, it's not enough, but yes. I hope it's a lot more than every other client that she has. Like, I hope he's I hope he's paying her thousands of dollars an hour. Um, I know we uh, joked about her not taking insurance, but I feel like this confirms that she does not take insurance. Yes. Although maybe <laughs> she does a sliding scale for people sure. who just like really, like I would love, I would love if Lucifer finances um, Dr. Linda working with queer youth. Like I would love that. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, uh, I assume her home is that large because she has to keep all of her kayaks somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus has pro bono therapy. Yeah. This, this feels like something I could see her doing. Yeah. It's a great set. It's a it's a beautiful no, it's home. Beautiful. And when I figured out that that is where we were, I was like, "This is fun. This means we're going to spend more time with Linda." I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. that they just go there and they don't like m- note like, "Wow, your place is so amazing, Linda." It's just there. We we've been to Linda's place a million times, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Latoya, how was this one revisiting it? I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I could watch the bar fight scene a million times. Yeah, I, we should. Talk I literally, about that. yeah. When I was rewatching yesterday, I literally just kept rewinding over and over again. Again, shout out to director Sharon Chalati, who always gets these fun uh, little things to do. Is that um, the God Johnson director? Yeah. It's As I, I was watching feeling, it, I yeah. was like, oh, this is one of my favorite scenes in all of Lucifer. Um, to the extent that I have sort of divorced it in my mind from the rest of the episode. Because God, it's just, you're not wrong Latoya it's incredibly stylish it's so well constructed Tom Ellis looks so amazing the he face just... that Eve makes at the end watching him is like the face I was making watching totally him the whole and time. in slow mo like when it goes to the halftime and she's just oh my god it was very very good I kept saying out loud to Tom sorry Tom I kept going oh my god he's so hot and then they cut to her and I go she's so hot it was just it was a lot of hot it was yeah it's it's a very hot scene, a, a, a grimy bar fight, and it's a very, very hot scene. Um, let's see. I wanted to say th- to Noel's point, yeah, I never questioned that it w- like was anyone else's tomb but Eve's. And I, like it, as far as like why she wouldn't possess anyone, I would just assume it's because she's from heaven and not from hell. Because hell possession, you know, you know that whole thing. You know what they do. You know what they do down there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I still very much enjoy this episode. Uh, I've, I'm, like, trying not to spoil things, but, like, I really love Imbar Lavi as Eve, and I loved the, the little touches she brings to it and the writing, because, like, obviously, you know, she's got, like, ex-girlfriend coming to, like, she thinks that, like, her first love is, like, the answer, obviously, when thousands of years in heaven clearly wasn't, and I, I love the, the delivery, what she's saying, you know, up in heaven where everyone's just so happy. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, but... She's 
naive, but specifically not dumb. She's not even what says because she has not lived in this world. But as she even says, she like, she like talked to every single person who showed up in heaven because she had nothing else to do. So she knows things about Earth yeah. and she has like basically things she wants to do, like the ball bashing, which I'm so happy she got to do. But so it's like, it's not that she's just like a sexy baby that it could have been so easy to make Eve a sexy baby. And that's not what she is. <laughs> a very sexy baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Also. Oh man. I got it too. I was with you. Uh, the, you know, when I first watched this, it was very interesting to me because as someone who grew up Catholic, right. I had never considered what the experience of being Eve would be such a significant figure, but it was never like, yeah, she was specifically created not to be a creation, but to be there to, for Adam to have someone to hang out with. And the notion of that as just like the reason you exist, uh, not because, you know, you know, God was tinkering in his garage, right. And the, the mythology of this show and was like, Oh, let's play, let's make some different people. Let's, you know, play some stuff, but just like, Oh, he's my, I made my favorite toy. Oh, it's bored. I guess we'll get another one, you know? And the notion of, you know, Eve's experience it, and Adam's as well, they would be absolutely distinct because they're the first people. So they don't have parents. They don't have siblings. They don't have anyone else. They didn't grow up with anyone, right? So they have they had plenty of kids and like large families in theory, right? And lived, you know, however long. Theoretically, if you go by biblical things, like people are living 300 years all over the place, right? In the Old Testament. Um, so they theoretically lived very long lives. But if if heaven is being with all of your loved ones, or you know, if that's the the concept. And if you don't have any particular connection to Adam, which she seems like she doesn't, it's like just being around your kids all the time. And after a thousand years, that might get kind of old. So I thought that that was an, I mean, just the fact that I had never considered anything like that at all uh, was, was, was really interesting. And uh, I, lo- I look forward to what else the season does around her identity and her experience. Um, I felt like very dumb. Like there's, you know, there's, there's a, just like the idea of well, Adam and Eve and just, but like, what would that experience be to be the very first woman created and you aren't even created because it, it seems like a good idea. Right. It's uh yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. I, I really like Ember Lobby in this as well, but I don't, I, for me, this episode, her performance was only somewhat there. It's not clicked into place yet. Yeah. Um, they don't have a, a complete grip on the character quite yet, I don't think, but I know that they'll get there because I've seen it. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm looking forward to going on that journey with the character. Yeah, I agree. She's very good. Um, and I can, I see, you can sort of see places where it feels, like I said earlier, like a little tropey, like it's mm-hmm. going in exactly sort of the places you expect in a way that feels um, not quite as smart as the rest of the season so far, but she's just really engaging to watch. Um, she's just very, very good. And I think brings a lot of um, gravity to some beats that could feel pretty familiar and a little bit lazy if if they weren't so filled by 
like her. I also really like the little twist that we get at the end, which is something that Tom and I ended up talking about, actually, where he was like, oh, great. Well, Chloe's going to walk in and she's going to see it. And that's not going to make any sense because Chloe is very familiar with the fact that Lucifer will fuck just about anything and anyone. So, like, why does that matter? But instead, what she walks on in on is a moment that's obviously really intimate, not physically intimate, but emotionally intimate. Like, the way they're positioned, the way the shot sort of pins them together, it to me that moment is not about like oh chloe saw lucifer with another woman it's that chloe saw lucifer being close to someone being careful with someone and being cared for in a way that um she probably hasn't seen him with anyone else other than her um which i thought was really great we also have to talk about this toy story thing um a little bit more because marcus has some points but i'm gonna let i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna ruminate on it so i'm gonna hand it back to you while i think about toy story and Lucifer for a minute. Okay, well, Mini Deal, uh, which listeners is Noel's new name in the chat. Uh, do you have any thoughts on? Because we're going to get to the other half of the episode, which is actually the part of the episode that I'm more engaged with. But do you have any thoughts? Other thoughts on on uh, Eve and what they're doing here with Eve and, and Lucifer and Chloe? Oh, sorry, I just want to say it's a Mini Deal. Oh, a Mini Deal. deal. Okay, Noel, it's going to drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, geez, hang on one second. I'll just change it back. There we go. Here a we mini go. deal, That's, a mini deal. There we go. It's just me again. No, I want a deal. One of the things that I think sort of prepped me for this is I was talking a little bit um, with my partner after we, we all recorded yesterday. And she... I mentioned our conversation about, oh, yeah, no, I talked to Kane and we hung out. I killed him and all that stuff that did not happen. And my partner was just like, yeah, yeah, she's actually a little bit more like Abel, Um, which was an interesting way of like prepping me for this because a lot of Eve's tendencies are actually sort of Abel-y. They're not full-blown come and let me give you my seed type of thing. (laughs) Um, But there's that desire for debauchery almost um, and excitement that both a makes sense within the confines of being in the silver city forever, but also feels like something that Abel maybe picked up on (laughs) growing up with them and being like, mom seems like she just wants to go around and explore. So I'm going to go do that with her type of thing. And she's going to name everything and I'm going to help. Um, and how that kind of works out. So I think that that actually kind of prepped me to like see those. And I like that concept as a through line for like a fam a familiar type of thing, which makes me think that Adam is definitely like Cain a lot and just insufferable. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think everything else is, that's sort of where I came from with that. So I, I enjoyed that kind of a concept for it. So I appreciate my partner planting that seed. Um, And I agree with Allison in that the moment of intimacy is way more impactful than just like seeing like a messy kiss. Um, It just drives it home more and it just had me shouting, yeah, you done fucked up, Chloe. You done (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) At the TV screen, which was fun to, which was fun. Um, And now we can discuss Toy Story uh, because I don't, is God Sid? God is Sid. Because when you think about it, like, God God made Eve, but he looked around and went, I don't have enough parts. I'm just going to take this part 
from my other toy and oh, yank it God. out and make another toy out of it. Noel, that is so much better than anything I could have come up with. That is so good. I was just going to I was just going to say if Amenadiel is Woody, then Lucifer has to be Buzz because Amenadiel would go, "You are a devil." <laughs> um and not uh, you are a toy. Well, now I, Noel wins. I actually kind of think, though, that like Lucifer would be Woody in that case, and then Amadiel would be Buzz. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, certainly posh- in terms of their posture, yeah, right? <laughs> like, like to the Silver City and beyond. Like, just like perfect. Do you think that DB Woodside like got inspiration from Buzz Lightyear? Because now I can't not see it. Maybe, maybe. Also, Buzz not great at toying, just like Amadiel yeah. is not great at humaning. I think we're on to you, Lucifer them. writers. Yeah, we're on to you. Yeah, have we just been watching Toy Story this whole time? Dan is Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> That's pretty great, actually. Who's Who's Forky? I haven't, I haven't seen that. Haven't one. actually watched Toy Story four yet. Yeah, I haven't done it either. Oh, folks, I haven't seen Toy Story four yet either. What I need to tell you is that you need to watch. Forky asks a question, which is one of my favorite television programs from last year. Forky asks a question, fucking bangs. Forky asks a, asks a question, rules. I am not joking. Forky asks <laughs> no, a question is really good. Is Forky Trixie? Maybe Ella. I, I mean, like you get Ella the idea based on the trailer. with Forky. Yeah, right. You get the idea. Or I really like... know nothing about Forky besides what it looks like. I really appreciate the study Russian we're in, so thanks, Marcus. We should give context Thank for you. what we're discussing. Yeah, Marcus Marcus uh, says earlier here in the chat, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what Toy Story toy they correspond to. Adam has to be Woody. And then Latoya said, I think Adam's more like Buzz Lightyear. And then uh, Marcus says, Woody is a menadeal then, though if Adam is Woody, Eve could be Jesse. But I don't think Eve is Jesse. I think uh jesse wants to have some fun too but she's i feel like she's more grounded than eve is eve's quite a bit more stir crazy is uriel stinky pete see now i'm just thinking about stinky pete so let's get back on <laughs> now I'm like but i'm like is eve one of the aliens okay we need to get back on track because we have not yet talked about that doctor's office and that poor poor uh nurse practitioner whoever it was uh, my, my parents were, I think my mom or does like, yeah, they'd never let her in. I was like, yeah, but can you imagine being the person trying to keep her out of the appointments? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Okay. You know, I am realizing as we're talking about it, that I was, because I was let down or underwhelmed by the Eve storyline, which occupies such a bulk of this episode, that there are multiple scenes that are among my favorite Lucifer scenes we've watched in quite a while in this episode, which must mean I really liked it because Mm -hmm. the doctor's office scene, the fight that we've already discussed, and I'm assuming we'll be talking about this, um, Chloe and Linda. Yeah. um, Like all like top notch, good, like really, really good scenes. So apparently I need to revise my opinion of that. Mm-hmm. but the the uh just the whole back and forth of like i'm looking for the wings <laughs> linda's appropriate freak out uh it's very good uh mark has already referenced in the chat the the shot of the ceiling fan but just like <laughs> yeah the notion of baby proofing 
with wings. A little cherub like, getting hit by the ceiling fan over and over and over Which again. you know this show would do. So, like, yeah, it was it, it, it was real good. It was real fun. <laughs> Latoya, any thoughts on, on that corner of the show? Uh, Auntie Mays. I mean, right? we were all already going to call her Auntie Mays, but she, like, made it clear. I'm yeah. Auntie Mays. And also, I live here now. <laughs> There's enough room. <laughs> there is enough room in this huge house that we should have been at every episode, honestly. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. When Emmanuel's trying to, like, back away from that and Linda's like, no, I like it. This is happening. Get on get on board, Dad. <laughs> it's very good. Um, the 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 baby proofing of the ceiling. Like, I like that it wasn't just the ceiling fan. It's also the rafters. It's yes. just, like, everything. Very good. Um, there's more to come with that. I look forward to it. Uh, the the dynamic between uh, Maze and Amenadiel and Linda is not like quite clear yet, based on where they left things. But I feel like um, I, I like that they aren't dredging up and adding specifics to that. They're just letting them just kind of be, you know. And I think that's the right way to go. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops. But I feel like the last thing we have to make sure we talk about is one that I didn't know, Allison, if you were to get a call dish on this. Because weren't you the one that said that uh, Chloe and and uh, Dr. Linda needed to make a support group? I think I did. I think you did as well. I think yeah. I did say that. I didn't even did realize it. that. Thank you for the call dish. Um, yeah, I, I that scene felt like a scene that I have been waiting for since season one. Watching... Two people who are in no way, shape, or form supernatural or ethereal or otherworldly, although one of them apparently might be growing an angel inside her, um, like a like a blessed parasite. Um, Aren't I all just, parasites blessed? Probably. Um, I just, it was incredibly gratifying to feel like the reality of the series was being acknowledged in a sort of new and fresh way. It was very useful as a person who's been watching it to sort of remind myself of the given circumstances and how this actually works and to see these characters acknowledge the, the batshit craziness of it all um, was just really great. And then the fact that it turned halfway through and became about Chloe finding a way to comfort Linda, um, who at long last has someone she can talk to about this. Like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm happy for Chloe, but I'm so happy for Linda that somebody else knows um, is just really, it's really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, like the look on German's face as Chloe realizes oh, I've got issues I need to deal with that are challenging, but they are nowhere near, like, half-angel baby situation. And she doesn't even get the whole... She doesn't even get all the deets on Charlotte either that Linda has either. (laughs) She's like, I killed the lady and sent her to hell and then brought her back because they thought I was a medical doctor. (laughs) Yeah, and then I got stabbed by the goddess of all creation. Right. And then, like, yeah, like... It's just like, Chloe, you don't even know. (laughs) Chloe really still needs to even process that she was engaged to Cain. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. So, yeah, did, uh, Noel, Latoya, do you guys have any thoughts on, on our scene here with Chloe? I mean, I love in general Maze calling Chloe out and being like, Linda handled it better than you did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, just twist that mm-hmm. knife a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the favorite, it's one of Maze's favorite things to do is twist knives, both literal and metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially baby knives. Baby knives. Knives for babies. And it's just, it also, 
it's kind of like how uh, self-righteous of Chloe to be like, are we avoiding each other? Like, girl, you lied about your daughter to Maze. Like, let's not pretend that you guys are on like solid ground right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty condescending. It was like, I'm going to be the bigger person and bring yeah. up that I think we might be having an issue. It's like, Chloe, come on. Come so on. You caused the issue. Like, like, listen, I get it. But let, like, if we're being honest, let's actually be honest. Yeah. I made this problem, but I'm going to fix it. Don't worry, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be uh, almighty with Maze on that one, Chloe. No. Sorry. Although I will, I will state that I do think that Dan still has an understandable grievance um, with the knife play. Of like, course. I know that was last episode, but I do think Dan was within his rights to say, hey, don't play with knives with my kid. That yeah. seems so, like, like a reasonable complaint. He still went to go do dirty cop stuff with her immediately after. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he didn't bring Trixie. <laughs> what if Trixie was waiting in the car? <laughs> she was the getaway driver because Lucifer taught her so well. Yes. There we go. Yeah. yeah, I was assuming she was at the precinct because it was like Dan's night to have her. So was she like in the car? Seriously, mm-hmm. or were they doing yeah. a handoff and it was Chloe's night? You don't know. We don't know. Yeah the the ener- the dynamic and the energy with with uh, Dan and Maze remains one of my favorite underexplored dynamics on the show. We don't really get it here, but you know, while it is not good for him to embrace Palmetto Dan. Him spending more time with Maze, if they can find a way to do that, that is not centered around beating people and self-annihilation, that would actually, I think, be pretty good for him. (laughs) I think he could benefit from that. But um, yeah, more on that later in the season. It's going to be so bad when he finds out. Yeah, I just remember like more stuff in the season and I'm really excited. So yeah. Yeah, no, uh, good it will be for all of these actors. Honestly, everyone is given good material and like actual material, not just kind of off to the wayside, which is not just arms, not just arms. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you need arms, babe. <laughs> you know what? You know what? All I really want for all of these actors is for each of them to have one moment this season that is as good as dust in the wind. Just one. <laughs> just one. Just one. I think. Next episode, we'll do that for a lot of people. Great. Well, that takes us to... Unless, Noel, you have something else? Well, I just do also... I clicked... I wanted to see what else this director had done apart from Lucifer. And apparently, um, he's also directing the Karaoke Jam episode this year. Mm -hmm. Which is very exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Looking forward to it. Um, Okay. Well... That wraps up our conversation about All About Eve. Tomorrow, we're going to be back for our 101st episode (laughs) to talk about episode five, Expire Erect. So Latoya and I, of course, are familiar. Noel and Allison, any thoughts, any predictions? I'm going to let you go first, Noel. I'm legitimately worried that this is another micropenis episode, and I'm not here for it. It's not. not that. Okay, good. Um... Let's see. Maybe a building gets imploded? I don't know. Um, Expire. Yeah, just keep saying it, Noel. Expire erect. (laughs) Expire erect. (laughs) Expire erect. (laughs) I'm so creeped out. I'm not good at um, ASMR, and I don't like <laughs> ASMR either. So, um, yeah, no, I've got nothing, Allison. It's not doing anything, Allison. It's not. Oh, oh there you go. 
Okay, I need you to stop now. Expire erect. Um, I'm going to have to edit this. Okay. You're welcome. I'm going to guess that it's um, uh, a man dies in bed with another woman that isn't his wife. Or I should we I shouldn't be so heteronormative. A person dies in bed with another person who isn't their usual partner, and um, then Lucifer suspects uh, the partner, whereas Chloe, who is now making all of the cases about her, um, thinks that he is he is being misguided in assuming that the person who's being cheated on is automatically guilty because obviously there is deception and something like that that's my guess is a love triangle uh case that uh, chloe and lucifer will fight about in some way oh it's about a jenga tower (laughs) i will say that this episode has one of my favorite moments and puns in the series and a very very look very much looking forward to it um and it's such a small thing but i love it and yeah we're gonna talk more about it tomorrow and uh i will say that one of you got something eerily correct yes i won't say which one it's so, the jenga tower it's, it's definitely for the jenga sure tower. the jenga tower <laughs> i know poker face right? I'm good that. anyways that will wrap up our conversation for today so thank you to marcus for hanging out with us in the zoom today thank you latoya thank you for everybody for listening we'll be back tomorrow bye Bye. Spire erect. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs>